सहनाभवतु सहनोभुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावै Knowledge should be the same category as that of ignorance. Ignorance is aparoksha. Ignorance is immediate, centered on the self. Therefore, knowledge also should be aparoksham or centered on the self. <coughs> so, Siddhanta Rahasya will tell you the Rahasya the deep meanings of the Siddhanta 
or the conclusions arrived at in Vedanta. Siddhanta is very simple. Tattvamasi, that thou art. Sarvam Khaludam Brahma. What all there is is Brahman. I am Brahman and what is is Brahman. I am Purnaha and I am complete or whole and what is is whole and Purna. That is simple Siddhanta. But then there has to involve how it is so. How it is that in spite of the duality that we experience, the non-duality, the truth, how, how, how is it so? How is it that what experience everywhere is all imperfections, incompleteness, limitation, you say limitlessness is true, how can it be? I see myself as a limited being, inadequate being, and you say I am Brahman, I am complete, how can it be? Some of the rahasya. Rahasya means a secret. So, sometimes this knowledge is called secret. Raja Vidya, Raja Gokhyam. Lord Krishna Bhagavad Gita calls it the Raja Vidya, the king among all the knowledge. Raja Gokhyam, the king of the greatest secret. This doesn't make sense. What Vedanta says does not seem to make sense at the, you know, at the first sight. <coughs> So Siddhanta Rahasya Pradarshanena, Pradarshana Rupena. We will clearly show you what is the Rahasya, the secret involved in the Siddhanta, in the conclusions presented by Vedanta. Tattat Ashanka Nirakarana Purvakam. And such that you gain clarity in this knowledge. Ashanka nirakarana purvakam. Whatever ashanka, whatever doubts arise, nirakarana, resolving those doubts. Then we will expound the parokshanabhuti, the knowledge of self, in such a manner that there remains no doubt or vagueness in your mind. The example given is that of a berry fruit in your palm, how, how clearly you know it, how you feel it. So clear should be the knowledge. <clears throat> so this is what the author says. This is what we'll do. Sadhvireva prayatnena vikshaniyam hurmuhu. The parokshana buddhi vikshaniya. See, that is a female, a feminine word, therefore vikshaniya. The parokshana buddhi that direct knowledge, immediate knowledge of the self, vikshaniya, and also the text is called aparokshana bhuti. The text that expounds that knowledge also is called aparokshana bhuti. So then with this text also vikshaniya muhurmuhu sadmihi, the people who are sat or pure heart, by them vikshaniya, they should be deliberated again and again, Meaning the author ex- understands and accepts that perhaps just one exposure to this may not be enough to give you knowledge or clarity. And therefore, it says in Vedanta that you should listen to Vedanta 
again and again. You know. He, the author, feels that this one text will be enough for you. What you need to do is deliver it upon that again and again. Revolve it in your mind again and again. Such that all doubts are removed and gain that clarity. <clears throat> for what are you saying it? Moksha Siddhe for attainment of moksha. Attainment of freedom, unconditional freedom or unconditional happiness. <clears throat> Therefore now you can close further. I mean, this decides who will proceed with this text. Moksha Siddha for it. Moksha, I'm not interested. Then you close the book. Sadbihi for people who are, who have who are the right conduct. A Satpurusha is a so, San Margastaha, a person who follows a mar, the path of virtue, path of righteousness. So at least that dharma must be there in the life. Because then only one can discover a value in this. If you cannot discover value of everything, I mean, discover value of Jews requires a special examination. You know, faculties required for, for anybody to see the, the value of the jewel otherwise. Otherwise, like that farmer, you know, whole sack full of stones he was throwing at the birds. So, he thought, hey, these are, all, these are all raw diamonds, you know. He just didn't know what it was. So for somebody to even discover the value for a Purvakshana Bhuti also requires a certainly a sophisticated or evolved state of mind, no doubt about that. So Adhikari must be like that, must have the desire for moksha, must be willing to do what is required for the knowledge to take place and required for knowledge to become clear and abiding. <coughs> so muhur muhu. <coughs> For them, this text is man. Then we proceed. So perhaps that second verse will bar many people, you know, it's okay, it's not for us. Or we are not for that, either way. So varnashram dharmena tapasa haritoshanat sadhanam cha bhavetumsam veragyadi chatushtam. So sadbi by those who enjoy pure mind. Who are those who enjoy the pure mind? Vairagyadi chatushthe sampannihi Those who possess the sampatti, the wealth of chatushthem, this fourfold qualification, vairagyadi, beginning from vairagya. So what in the second verse was said, sadmihi by people of pure heart, alone is said here in the third verse says, Vairagyadi Chatushtayam. What one needs is to cultivate this divine wealth of Vairagyadi, the fourfold divine wealth beginning from Vairagya or beginning from Viveka. <coughs> so this point has to be made. That this knowledge, every knowledge requires preparation. For me to study an advanced subject, I must have gone through high school and perhaps undergraduate, etc. Even knowledge requires preparation, prerequisites. 
So this knowledge also requires prerequisites. But here the prerequisite is of the nature of an inner evolution or inner purity. <coughs> it's not so much the scholarship. So scholarship is not one of the qualification stages you understand. Always good to have it. But more important is purity. So if we see so many saints who are not necessarily scholars, but then we see them as wise people because they enjoyed that purity. <coughs> Thus, for the spiritual knowledge, what is most important is the purity in the heart. <coughs> and how do you cultivate that? Vairagyadi chatushtayam. We should deliberately and sincerely cultivate this four-fold qualifications. But this verse tells us an interesting means of doing that. Svavarana, Shramadharamena, Tapasa, Haritoshanat. Just follow your dharma, follow your duty. So first thing they stated is following dharma or duty. What is meant by Svavarana is the duty that is enjoined upon you based on what caste you belong to and what stage of life you belong to. Caste is disposition of mind. So you know what caste you belong to. doesn't matter that you, you nobody is to brand anybody. You know what our disposition of mind is, whatever natural aptitudes are, what it is that I like to do, what it is that I am good at. And so, to offer what I am good at, to offer in the best way can be called the duty. Really the duty is this, to offer what you have, the best that you have, to offer that. Can we call your dharma on duty? So whether somebody is a Brahma disposition, Kshatriya disposition, dispositions are there. So talents are there, aptitudes are there, skills are there. Whatever you have. It's not that you have to be somebody else and you have to have what somebody else has. Whatever you have, make it an offering. That is in service. That's the duty. <coughs> you said yesterday, dharma always involves tyaga or offering. Tapasa. So my relationship with the world is one of dharma, of offering being contributed. Tapasa is the individual level. I have a commitment for austerity for minimum consumption, tapasa. Haritoshanat <clears throat> and with Ishwara, my relationship is one of a devotee. How when you love somebody, how you always want to please them? Because in love, the joy of the loved one becomes your joy. And so also a devotee wants to please Ishwara. Haritoshanat. 
ಹರಿಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಇಷ್ಟದೇವದ ಸೊ ಪಪೀಶೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಹರಿ ಬಟ್ ಸ್ಪೆಷಲ್ ಆಕ್ಸ್ ಆ ಪೂಜಾ ಅರ್ಚನಾ ಶ್ರವಣಂ ಮನ್ನಂ ಸೊ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ದ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ಸಿಂಗಿಂಗ್ ದ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ವರ್ಷಿಪಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಫರಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಪೂಜಾ ಜಪ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದೇರ್ ಬೈ ದಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಮಸ್ಟ್ ಬಿ ಈಶ್ವರ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಎನ್ಫೈಸ್ ಬ್ರಿಂಗಿಂಗ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಇನ್ ಟು ಅನ್ ಅವರ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಸೊ ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಇನ್ ದ ಲೈಫ್ ಹರಿತೋಷ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ದೇಟ್ ವಿ ಶುಡ್ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ ದಿ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಈಶ್ವರ ಕೃಪಾ ಇಸ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ದೆನ್ ಅದರ್ ಕೃಪಾಸ್ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಕೃಪಾ ಇಸ್ ದೆನ್ ಗುರು ಕೃಪಾ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ದೆನ್ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರ ಕೃಪಾ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ದೆನ್ ಆತ್ಮ ಕೃಪಾ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಹರಿತೋಷಾತ್ ಸಾಧನ ಭವೇತ್ ಪುಂಸಾಂ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಲಿವ್ ಅ ಲೈಫ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಿಸ್ ದೆನ್ ದಟ್ ಪ್ಯೂರಿಟಿ ರೈಸಸ್ this four four qualification also manifest themselves so here the author does not list those four four qualifications taking over granted that the vedanta students know that the four four qualifications are viveka vairagya samadhi shakka sampatti mumukshutvam Viveka, discrimination, discernment, separation, vairagya, dispassion, samadhi, shakka sampattihi, the six-fold inner verse beginning from shama or peace of mind or the mastery over the mind. Mumukshutvam, a keen desire for moksha. so these are stated with the four qualifications other acharya the vishishta dvaita they have their own qualifications on other acharya vedantika acharya also have they emphasize different things but here in advaita vedanta this is what is them somewhere the ahara shuddhi things other things are also emphasized how to is purity of the food etc here what is emphasized are basically the the purity of the heart the evolution of the heart and the mind <clears throat> now interestingly enough even though everywhere else we find the sequence of the four four qualification is viveka vairagya samadhi shatka sampatti mumukshutva where each preceding one is the cause is following with the effect meaning that if you are mature viveka discrimination then vairagya dispassion will arise if you are mature vairagya dispassion then samadhi shatka sampatti samadhama etc will take place when you mature samadhi shatka sampatti mumukshutvam that keen desire for moksha will arise so each preceding one becomes a ground for the cultivation of the next one so hetu hetu mat bhav meaning the cause and effect relationship is there but here this author says vairagya vichatushtam the four four qualifications beginning with vairagya your dispassion 
even though dispassion will arise, only there is a vivek of discrimination. And still it looks like author feels that vairagya is so important. Of all the qualifications, vairagya or dispassion, according to his author, is the most important. Therefore, in the list, the sequence, vairagya is placed first. And now, from next verse, the author proceeds to explain what these fourfold qualifications are. So, let us read the verse number four. Brahmadisthavaranteshu Vairagyam Vishayeshvanu Yathaiva Kakavishthayam Vairagyam Taddhinirmalam Again, Vairagya meaning is understood. Vairagasya Bhavaha Vairagyam. The state of Viraga is called Vairagya. Vairagya is a state of mind. A state of mind that enjoys Viraga. What is Viraga? Vigataha, Ragha, Yasmatsa, Viraga. That from which the Raga has gone away. What is Raga? You can call it passion or attachment or fascination, the mind from which the attachment or fascination or passion for something has gone away. So, Vairagya is this passion. And the passions can be, although what is specifically mentioned is the freedom of Raga, but we should also understand freedom from Dvesha. Because Raga and Dvesha are like the two sides of a coin, so they always come together. When I have a raga for a given thing, I am surely going to have dvesha for something else. Raga is necessarily accompanied with dvesha. Just as one side of the coin is necessarily accompanied with the other side of the coin, so also raga is necessarily accompanied with dvesha. Because raga causes insecurity. Raga means attachment. That causes dependence. How does attachment arise? When I look at upon something as a source of happiness or security. So happiness and security are very important to me. Every creature loves that. The reason is very simple. Happiness and security are the nature of the self, in fact. And therefore, love for them is natural. Meaning that I am born with an attachment for happiness and security. I am born with that. Also born with an aversion for unhappiness and insecurity, for fear. Meaning that I do not like insecurity. I do not like unhappiness. I love happiness. I love security. So we are born with Raghat Vishas anyway. Now, 
how come everybody seems to have a different set of likes and dislikes? Attachment and aversion everybody has, but then what I have attachment for, somebody may hate it and why I hate, somebody may love it, what's the reason? Then it depends upon my perception of what makes me happy. There is a natural attachment for that which I look upon as a source of happiness, a source of security and an aversion for that which I look upon as source of unhappiness or source of insecurity or fear. So my love or liking for happiness creates a liking or love for the source of happiness, understand? And that may be an object, it may be a person, it may be a situation, it may be some accomplishment, whatever I look upon as the source of happiness or security. So I look upon wealth as security, the power etc. and I look upon as source of happiness as gratification. So natural need for gratification, self-gratification. The human being seeks gratification. Every living human being in particular seeks gratification constantly. The level of senses, at the level of emotion, at the level of intellect, at the level of ego, at the level of self. So different koshas we have. Like at every kosha, at every level of my personality, I am seeking gratification. And whatever I look upon as a source of fulfilling that gratification becomes an object of attachment, becomes very important to me. Because happiness is important, therefore that which, which I look upon as source of becomes very important to me. Those things have become very important to me in my life. Therefore their favor becomes important, their acceptance becomes important. Their, you know, being with me, supporting me, because their support becomes important. Thus I have become very dependent upon many things. For my comfort, for a sense of security, for a sense of well-being, I seem to depend upon many things. That can be called bondage. Dependence is bondage. Sarvam parvasam dukkham. Dependence means dukkham. So vairagya, extricating myself from this dependence is vairagya. How? By viveka. That the next one will tell. But then, by viveka. Meaning that, by scrutinizing, by subjecting to scrutiny, my conclusion that a given thing or a being is source of my happiness, that's my conclusion which are never subjected to the scrutiny of deliberation. Is it really so? When I look upon something or somebody as a source of happiness, security, is it, are they able to provide me happiness? Do they have it? Can they provide it? And even when they appear to provide it, do they really provide it? Yes, Swamiji, I feel very secure in present person. I feel very happy. But does the happiness come from there? All of this needs to be examined. 
So that's where Viveka comes. Viveka means a discernment, a discrimination comes. That yes, when I'm in presence of this person, I feel very good, Swamiji. I feel very secure and happy. And therefore, happiness comes from there. Without that person, I feel very insecure. And therefore, I become independent. The point is, can this person provide me happiness, security, comfort? Or is it my conclusion, my feeling? And we are not dismissing any persons or anything like that. But point is, any X, Y, any source. And basically, the happiness which I feel is coming from number one, it is at a great cost because I must make them comfortable for them to make me comfortable. It always extracts a price. For anything or anybody that gives me happiness is a price. They always extract that pound of flesh before they can give me anything. And coming to think of it, that price is much more than what, what I get from them. And then ultimately Lord Krishna says, you don't get anything. Bhoga, the pleasure that comes from contact or association with something or somebody is always dukkhayona, is really a source of all pain only. And it's by separation it causes pain. I have to pay price for association also. And then I must keep and pay price for keep retaining the association. Because everything wants to go away. Whatever comes wants to go away. And I want to hold on to that. It's a great struggle. Something wants to go away. to hold on to that. Something doesn't want to come. You know. I will grab it. Drag it. Whole life goes away in this struggle. So Lord Krishna says, Dukkha all sources of so-called happiness and security really are nothing but source of all pain and sorrow. Adyantavantaha. And coming to think of it, they do not give you happiness even when they appear to give you happiness. Because the only source of happiness is yourself, is consciousness. Nothing inert or unconscious can give you happiness. And only one thing is conscious and there is you, the conscious and therefore Atma of consciousness is the only source of happiness. Yoi bhuma tat sukham nalpe sukham asti. Upanishad says that that is infinite alone can be happiness, that cannot be happiness, anything that is limited. So thus every attachment has to be scrutinized in the light of this understanding. And recognize that it is absolutely taken for granted that this one is important to me, that this gives me happiness, this is nothing can give me happiness security. So there is a disillusioned man when we really examine things. And therefore I become free from the attachment, from dependence, from fascination, which was false to begin with. So this is the primary thing that Vedanta teaches, Viveka. What is the source of happiness? The self is the source of happiness. There cannot be happiness in non-self. Consciousness is the source of happiness. There cannot be happiness in what is inert or unconscious or insentient.
the limitless source of happiness that cannot be happiness in anything that is limited. Yovaihuma tasukam nalpis sukamasti. Bhuma means infinite. So that is infinite or limitless alone can be happiness that cannot be happiness in what is limited. Now we have to, reckon, we have to make it our own knowledge. I mean, from experience that we have, we have to discover the truth of these statements. It's not simply that you are as Upanishad say, that doesn't work. My mind should say, yeah, I understand something. I've seen enough the world. I did not experience, I examined the experiences. Not the experience not enough. To examine the experiences that we have had so far is enough. Parikshalokan, Karmachidan, Brahmanahan, Nirvedamayad. The Sven Lokas, meaning that she means objects and things are examined really in light of the truth that Vedanta reveals. I realize that there is nothing that I can get. They cannot give me what I am seeking. Nasti Krita Krutena. What I am seeking is Akrutam, is Nityam, permanent, limitless what I am seeking. Everything is limited. Nothing can give me what I am seeking. So this understanding is called Vairagya. This understanding naturally enables me to let go of all the fascinations, attachments, which were unscrutinized, which, uh, which was a result of things taking for granted, not thinking, not subjecting my conclusions to the scrutiny of thinking or discrimination. As Bhashyakara would say, avichara siddha samsara. Samsara is only the result of avichara, lack of vichara, lack of deliberation, lack of inquiry. So, Brahma, this Thavaranteshu, there is a traditional definition of Vairagya, that one should subject to scrutiny all sources, so-called sources of happiness. Brahma, the beginning of Brahma is Brahma Loka. So, in these scriptures, there are fourteen Lokas, seven up and seven down. Seven heavens, each one offering a greater, subtler and greater level of happiness. Bhuhu, Bhuha, Suha, Maha, Janaha, Tapaha, Satyam. So last is called Satya Loka or Brahma Loka, which is the highest possible level of experiential happiness. And that is not an ordinary thing. What we enjoy here is nothing compared to that. I mean, if you think of that, it is just mind-boggling. But still, it is happiness coming from an experience. It is happiness, some sparsha, coming sparsha or association with something. So, happiness caused by something. Vedanta says happiness, uncaused happiness is what can be limitless. And it is naimittikam sukham. Sukham happiness, which is because of nimitta, because of a reason, because of a cause. That will go away when the cause goes away. And what comes will go. Then again, you will left with all vacuum and pain. 
So even the happiness that you experience in Brahma Loka, no doubt the most exalted happiness coming from most exalted objects, it is nevertheless Nimittikam Sukham, meaning the happiness which is resulted in Nimitta of a cause. What you should have is uncaused happiness. Nirnimittam Sukham, happiness without any cause. Why are you happy? That's it, because I can't be unhappy. So you ask, why is Atmaniyo Atmana Tushtaha? Why is person happy with himself, by himself? Or Swami would say, ask him, why are you happy? Because I'm happy. So that which does not come will not go, understand. What comes will go. And the separation will cause as much intensity of pain as the pleasure the association caused, understand. The pain caused by separation will be the same intensity as the pleasure that was caused by association. <clears throat> we want happiness which is independent of association and disassociation. Yes, sarvatra anavishneha tattat prapya sukhasukam narinandati nadveshti Whatever, pleasant, unpleasant, whatever comes, he abides in himself. That's the happiness coming from the self and that's the only source of happiness. But we can, Vedanta feels here, that in order for me to tap that happiness with myself, it is important that my mind should become free from the attachment of fascination for things that are not myself. Meaning that making my mind inward looking is very important because to enjoy the happiness of the self, the mind must be focused on the self. When the mind is value for other things, the mind is focused there. So that Bahir Mukhattvam or extrovertedness is the primary obstacle to experiencing the happiness of the self. And extrovertedness is the result of Raga and Dvesha, attachment and aversions, which in turn are the result of my superimposing happiness upon something superimposing unhappiness among something else. So understand that happiness and unhappiness both are projected, superimposed, they are not the nature of anything. Nothing can be said to be source of happiness, nor something can be said a source of unhappiness. There is no consistency. What becomes source of happiness to me, somebody hates it and vice versa. So this is recognition brings about a healthy attitude or a healthy relationship. is healthy relationship. Vairagya or dispassion is not aversion, not hatefulness, not Swami, I, I, I dislike everything. That's not Vairagya. I'm disinterested in everything. That may not be Vairagya also. I lost all interest. No, that may not be Vairagya. That is all Tamas. Vairagya is Sattva and not Tamas. So losing interest is not the thing. Discovering the truth is the thing. To first discover the truth of what so-called source of happiness. And that is required to discover the truth of the self. 
So discovering truth of the non-self enables me or my mind to become inwardly focused so that I can discover the truth of myself. So all these qualifications basically are meant to make the mind inward-looking, focused upon the self. Vairagyam visheshu anu So each one of them must be examined. Wherever I have attachment, that must be examined. Each attachment must be taken care of. I mean a class of attachment will go. In case something is left out, then examine that and make your mind free from attachment because there is no basis for attachment. There is no basis for my belief that something gives me happiness or sickness. There is no basis. And so that examination will enable my mind to become free from that false fascination. You say, so including Brahma Loka, then that also is Naimitti comes to come. Happiness, that is because of a reason. And I do not want that. I want happiness without reason, without condition. <clears throat> that alone can be called moksha. Yasai Kaga Vishtayam, traditional example is given here, you know. Kaga, like the excreta of a crow. This example create, you know, creates in you a sense of con- aversion. The aversion that you have for that. But I would suggest that Vairagya should not be interpreted as aversion. Even Viveki Chunamaji. So, Vairagya, Jihasa is called Vairagya. And so, Vairagya is defined as Jihasa. Desire to give up. Tad Vairagya, Jihasaya. Darshana, Shravana, etc. So, Jihasa means a desire to give up. No, there is no desire involved here, really. There should not be aversion for the world. World is beautiful as it is. Everything is fine as it is. And Vairagya means a healthy relationship. You can say a relationship with love, ideally. You love everything. No attachment. <clears throat> then you give freedom to everything. If you have aversion, you don't give freedom. Attachment, aversion, I do not give them freedom and I don't enjoy freedom. So what is giving freedom is what? Becoming free from attachment and aversion. Then I enjoy the freedom from attachment and aversion. <clears throat> so anyway, this is traditional example of an aversion of towards things. But then I do not think aversion towards the world is really a very healthy attitude. Giving freedom to the world. Having comfort with the world. I am comfortable with the world as it is. Because I make no demands upon the world. A non-demanding relationship with them. Having comfort, a non-demanding relationship would be a healthy relationship. So any relationship will be healthy when ideally it is a non-demanding relationship. So discovering that relation to the world is, then it won't bother me. If I don't like it, that also will bother me. If I have an aversion for that, a very thought will just create in me some kind of a conversion. So, now, 
No aversion, no attachment, no demand. Give them the freedom. This is the nirmalam vairagyam. So mala means impurity and impure vairagya will be aversion. A pure vairagya is comfort with everything. Meaning that you don't want to run away from things. There is an aversion, they need to run away, need to avoid things. Well, you may in the beginning do that also. I'm not suggesting that you keep on hugging everything. But time will come when I'm comfortable with everything as it is. And so, nirvalam vairagyam, that pure vairagya is where there is a total comfort with what is. Where I make no demands upon others. That's called giving freedom. Giving freedom means not making any demands upon them. Taddi nirvalam vairagyam. I guess this author feels that. When you have this vairagya, then you can do the viveka. See, when viveka is first, first and vairagya second, then you require viveka for vairagya to happen. Here, vairagya is placed first, and then viveka means that you need this vairagya first for the viveka to happen. So, next one defines what is viveka. Nityamatmasvarupam he Drishyam tadviparitagam Evam yo nishayasamyakar Viveko vastunasavai Our Swami, you would simply call Vairagya as objectivity, you know. Having an objective mind, that's all. An objective mind is a mind, non-projecting mind. The attachments and aversions both are results of projection. Objectivity means seeing things as they are. Not projecting anything more, nor less. Seeing things for what they are. That's called objectivity. When there is an attachment, you are imposing what is not in there. The aversion also we are imposing what is not in there. So not projecting anything, seeing things as they are. <clears throat> so that frame of mind will enable us now to see this further. Nityam Atma Sarupami Drishyam Tad Viparidagam. And it's Atma Sarupam Nityam. Atma Sarupam, the true nature of the self is Nityam, is eternal. Meaning that not limited by time, is permanent, eternal, always there. What is that? Atma Swarupam. In our Swami's words, the infallible. What is infallible? That which will not disappoint me. That which is always faithful. That which is always dependable. That which will never disappoint me or fail me. Swami say that human heart is always searching for the infallible. The child first saw it in the mother. 
total trust, total comfort and security. They discover the limitation of mother, that, oh, mother runs away when a cockroach comes. Mother also is not infallible. Father becomes infallible. Oh, he is all-powerful, you know, omniscient, omnipotent, etc. Father also ran away when a dog came, so whatever. And thus, the poor mind keeps on hoping this is infallible, this is infallible, infallible, infallible. Even the world is limited. And therefore, our expectation that it should have no, exp- no limitation at all cannot be fulfilled by anybody. I mean, therapists want a mother to be perfect. There is no human being who can be perfect. No perfect mother, no perfect father, no perfect anybody. He himself is not perfect, of course. But that's what we are searching for. Infallible. Nityam vastu. Nitya means you can call it infallible, trustworthy, will never desert me, will always be faithful to me, will always be with me. Is what? Nityam Atma Swarupam He. Atma Self alone satisfies that qualification. Always there, never deserts me. Is limitless, infinite. And therefore, there is no limit, there is no limit there, no limitation there, therefore no insecurity there, there is no fear there. So what I am searching for is Nityam. Akrita, Kritena Nasti, Akrita that word is not created, meaning it is not Nirnimit, it is not Naimittakam, Nirnimittam. So created means that which is a reason. Happiness that I have always as a reason. Swami, your breakfast was delicious. Okay, I'm happy. Oh, whatever. But the thing is, uh, what we are really seeking for is nirnimittam. So, they not nirnimittika, the happiness without any reason. That alone can be nitya. You see, what is nitya is not created, understand. Nitya means permanent. Permanent can't be created. What is created is perishable. So happiness also that you want is non-created. And that everything is created, understand that. The whole universe is created and that everything is them impermanent. So how can anything in the universe give me what I am searching for? So basic viveka or basic discernment is that what I am seeking in my life is nityam. I am seeking nityam, nitya vastu. That I am seeking something in my life. Every desire is an expression of some need on my part. That I am a needy person. I am seeking. What am I seeking? To have that vivek or discernment. Vivek or discernment. That what I am seeking in my life is nitya vastu. I want the permanent. I want the eternal. Call it infallible. Call it trustworthy. Same thing is limitless. Now we have to discover that first. Then this Viveka comes. Nityam Atma Swarupam. Atma, but who, who, who cares for Nityam? Nityam Atma Swarupam. The nature of self is Nityam or permanent. But what relation, why interest do I have in permanent? Let it be. 
If you have not discovered a value of permanent, then doesn't mean if Atma is permanent, so what? But when I know that what I am seeking is Nitya Vastu, it's not enough to know that Atma is Nitya. But what I want is Nitya, because we are interested in ourselves, not in our, anybody else. Not even God we are not interested really, to be frank with you. Only thing that we are interested in ourselves. What do I want? What is your quest? You know? So Swami Chinmayananji went to Shivananji and then, uh, hey, this fellow like that, that fellow like that. What is your quest? Anybody can be any. What do you want? Then he started thinking, what do I want? Why do I have a problem with this fellow and that fellow? What is your, what do you want? Never thought of that. So therefore, subjecting this to thinking, what do I want? Number one, that I want something in my life. How do I say that? Because my mind keeps on coming with desires one after the other. And desire is an expression of want or lack. So I want something. I am lacking something. So then what do I want? So Parikshalokan. I have, a, I have attained so much in my life. Everybody is an accomplished person. Some wealth is attained, some name, fame, recognition, everybody attained to one, some, you know, in one measure or the other. So in one way I can look upon myself as an accomplished person. But all those, what have they done to me? Have they given me a satisfaction within? Do I find myself a more satisfied person than what I was 25 years ago. That time I wanted 5,000 dollars. That was a big money. Now I want 5 million dollars. But then that want something has always remained, meaning that I remain still a dissatisfied person. On the other hand, in fact, it's quite possible. So yesterday, I managed to convert many luxuries and necessities. Maybe I'm more dissatisfied, more dependent. Therefore, to pay attention to oneself as to what it is that, what is my, what is the urge in my heart? What do I want? That is where clarity is required. We don't have that clarity. This should become extremely clear that I want Nitya Vastu and that's all I want, nothing else I want. Nothing else can satisfy me, what I want is... No, that should become my conviction being that I should discover that as a fact. The 90% problems are solved, by the way. If I am clear that what I want is permanent, nityam, then automatically anitya vastu will not have any consequence to me. Right now, every little thing is of consequence because I am not sure what I want and everything attains, you know, everything seems to gain a great consequence in my life. But when I realize that everything is impermanent, what does it matter what they are? They're, they, they are with me, without me, here, there, doesn't, nothing matters because what, I, what matters to me is Nitya Vastu. Anitya things won't matter to me. Then comes Atma. First is what? What I am seeking is Nitya Vastu. Then second step is, where is the, what is the Nitya Vastu? Nitya Vastu, Nitya Atma Swarupam 
second recognition is that atma swarupam nityam everything that i experience anitya if ever yad drushyam whatever is drushyam i experience anitya how come i have quest for nitya was the nitya was must be there some place the witness is nitya the witness on anitya was to is nitya <coughs> Drushyam tad viparidakam All drushya is anityam That is first thing actually First thing discover is Drushyam is Yad drushyam tad anityam Whatever is objectified Whatever is experienced Whatever is other than me Is necessarily anityam Or impermanent However great it may be Even Swamiji a billion dollar also is anityam Well But right now I am able to say hundred dollars anitya, maybe thousand anitya, but million dollars, wait a minute, there is anitya. So, my anitya is still conditional right now. No, this you can't call, this house cannot be anitya, everything else is anitya. This is not anatma, that's all anatma, this one is atma. So objectivity is with everything. Idam shariram kaundya kshetram idavirayate. If this world is drushyam, hey Arjuna, this body also is drushyam. Your body, mind, sense, complex also is drushyam. It is also part of creation. It is also anatma. It is also impermanent. It is also not you. So first thing to discover in our life is what am I seeking that I am seeking Nitya Vastu. One has to work on this. The desire behind all the desires is for Nitya Vastu. If you say that desire behind all is for happiness, it is Nityam Sukham. If desire behind desires for freedom is Nityam, Nitya Freedom, you know, permanent freedom. Permanent or unconditional happiness, unconditional freedom, permanent freedom. Meaning Nitya Vastu is what I want. So this we have to descend first. Then next, where is that Nitya Vastu? Is there Nitya Vastu? Wherever I look, it's all Anityam. Whatever I experience, all Anityam, yet Drushyamta Anityam. Meaning that what I want is not to be found anywhere. Only one thing is not drushyam. What is it? That is the drashta. The subject is not. What is object is all nityam. So only thing that is nitya is subject. See, one good thing is, Ishvara has made provision for fulfillment of every desire. And we are born with a desire for nitya vastu. The desire behind all desires is for Nitya Vastu. We find Anitya everywhere. Does it mean that my desire for Nitya Vastu is futile, is, is, you know, is bound to fail? Cannot be. In the scheme of things, when there is a desire, it is a natural desire, it is always a means of fulfilling that desire. For cultivated desires, we can't say that. Desires are of two kinds, natural desires and cultivated desires. Hunger is a natural desire. 
So food is created. Thirst is natural desire. So water is created. Coke may not be created. Pizza may not be created. These are all cultivated desires. So God is not obliged to give you fulfill that desire. But God is obliged to fulfill the natural desire. He is created. Similarly, desire for moksha is a natural desire. Desire for freedom is a natural desire. And what freedom? Nityam, the eternal freedom. So, desire for nitya vastu is an uncultivated natural desire. I am born with that desire. It's not that someday I decided I want nitya vastu. So far I want anitya. Now I want nitya. No. I am born with that desire. So there must be a provision for fulfilling that desire. Everything is anitya. Then where is nitya? Nityam atmasvarupam he. The subject is nitya. The object is anitya. But what cannot be objectified? That the subject is nitya vastu. That we learn from scriptures, of course. It's not possible for us to arrive at this. That Atma is Nitya. Logically, I don't know. You know, you can perhaps in some way say, Atma Swarubham Nityam Drashtratvat Yana Nityam Anuman, in by inference, you can arrive at this. By Vyatyayaki Anuman. Atma Swarubham Nityam, the nature of self is Nitya or eternal. Why? Drashtrutvat, because Atma is seer, Atma is witness and thereby is Nitya. How do you say that? Yanna Nityam, Tanya Drashtru, whatever is not eternal is not the seer. Yatha ghatadi, like this thing, like a pot. What is pot is drushya, is an object. So what is not subject is impermanent. See this logic. Atma is permanent. Why? Because Atma is subject. So what? Whatever is not subject is impermanent. Whatever is not subject is impermanent, like a pot. So, whatever is drushyam, whatever is object, is impermanent. And therefore, the subject is permanent. This is the vyatireka. Anvaya, when there is agreement, vyatireka is disagreement, meaning that this is a negative way of saying. Yanda drushyam, so drashtutvat, atma is subject, therefore is nitya, because whatever is not subject is not nitya. Like a pot. Or you can say anātmā is anitya, anātmā swarūpa anitya. So ātmā swarūpa nityam, anātmā swarūpa anityam. Ātmā is nitya, anātmā is anitya. How do you say anātmā is anitya? Dushyatvāt, because it is perceived, it is known, it is objectified. Yanna anityam. Drushyam. What is not impermanent cannot be drushya. Yes, Atma. So, Atma is not drushya, therefore is not impermanent. So, what is drushya is impermanent and drashta is permanent. 
some kind of logic is there, you know. With that logic you can arrive at Atma as Nitya. Or somebody should tell you this. The first thing to be discovered is that I am in the quest of Nitya Vastu. Whatever there is around is all Nitya Vastu. So it makes sense that Atma is Nitya Vastu. You know, because how do you say this is changing? The world is impermanent. world is changing. On what basis do you say? To arrive at the conclusion that something is changing requires a basis that does not change. You know? Some frame of reference is required with reference which you say that this change has happened. And the police, you know, stops me on the highway, comes from behind, overtakes me and stops me. Sir, you are going at 76 miles an hour in a 55 mile zone. How do you say that? You are here from that point to this point, you have taken so many seconds, which is 76 miles an hour. Know the change, a frame of reference must be there. With reference to which you measure the change. Meaning that in order for us to perceive the change or note the change, it is necessary that there must be an unchanging reference point. All change always requires an unchanging basis. Like a train requires, a running train requires a non-running track. Like the flowing requires a non-flowing bed. Like a rotating wheel requires a center axis that does not rotate. And so also the whole universe is rotating, the whole universe is changing. There has to be changeless entity. And whatever is drishyam, whatever is perceived is changing. So it makes sense that the drashta, the subject, the conscious, the witness is changeless. It is also verified by the, by the scriptures. So nityam atma swarupam he that atma is nityam <coughs> or nityam atma swarupam vai prasiddham. Okay. <coughs> at the end. Okay. <coughs> he the vidvat anuva prasiddham. It is the experience of wise people that Atma is Nitya. Everything is Anitya. So this Nischaya. So first Nischaya is what? What I am seeking is Nitya Vastu. Nischaya means what? Conviction. First ascertainment or conviction that should arise in our mind is that the desire behind all the desires is for Nitya Vastu. That I am in the quest for Nitya Vastu. Second conviction is that it is Atma that is Nitya Vastu. Even you Nishchaya, that Nishchaya is Atma is Nitya. Anatma is Anitya. And what I want is Nitya. So I do not want Anatma. Therefore I will turn my, my mind can be turned away from something where I realize I don't need it. See, my mind remains occupied with something as long as I believe that I need that thing. When I realize that it is no nothing to offer to me, I do not need it, it's not useful, my mind is no difficulty in just letting go. 
we hold on to things which we think are useful in some way or the other to discover yad drushyam tadanityam evam yo nischaya that atma alone is nitya vastu everything else is anitya and that nitya vastu is all that I want so what I want is atma the nischaya or the conviction is called viveka samyak viveko vastunah call it viveka call it discernment usually it is translated discrimination discrimination word is not doesn't have a good connotation or day to day language you know discrimination partiality of some kind but discrimination is separate really discriminate means to separate so viveka means to separate and separate the nitya from anitya permanent from impermanent that is called viveka and that permanent nitya is atma the self <coughs> samyak viveko vastunasavai that's real samyak viveka samshayadi shunyo nischaya mean that in that conviction no doubt should be left a conviction which is firm conviction that what i am seeking is nitya vastu and atma alone is nitya vastu everything else is anityam that firm conviction is called viveka that brings about vairagya because i don't want anitya vastu so mind easily turns away from anitya vastu <coughs> so viveka and vairagya okay <coughs> om purnamadav purnamidam purnat purnamudachyade purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyade om shante shant शांति शंकर शंकराचार्यं केशवंबादरायणं सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतनपुनःश्वरो गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम ओ शातिशाशा हरि ओ श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम